Welcome to the J. Scott Outdoors podcast. Today we have Bob Dykeman of Shadow Valley Outfitters. Bob, how you doing? Hey, Jay. I'm doing real good. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm looking forward to chatting with you today. Uh, we've gotten an incredible amount of moisture in Arizona and curious to get your take uh, not only on the upcoming deer season with the applications being due here uh, June 11th, but uh, just to get your take on uh, elk season and everything we've got coming up this fall. Yeah, yeah, no, sounds good. It's, uh, I think, kind of like everybody else has said is, I think it's going to be pretty phenomenal. Um, you know, we had another little rain here today in, in Chino Valley um, in the Prescott area and stuff, and the strip got some moisture along with, you know, Unit 10 and 9 and, and 8 as well. So, um, man, it's, you know, end of, end of May, and we're still getting rains, which is pretty pretty uncommon. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's uh, pretty crazy to be still getting rain right now, and it looks like a few storms are stacked up. So, um, Bob, before we get into the podcast talking about uh, hunting, uh, let's back up a little bit and talk a little bit about your history um, of, of growing up hunting, fishing, uh, being in the outdoors. I know you spent some time up in Alaska, I believe, on a a commercial fishing boat, uh, but give the listeners uh, who haven't heard you already on the podcast, which I encourage the listeners to go back and listen to some of the episodes uh, with Bob and, and his partner, Pat McCarty, and some of the Shadow Valley Outfitters guys uh, on the podcast. But uh, talk a little bit about your upbringing uh, and what brought you to the point that you're at now. Yeah, you know, we I was born and raised here in, in Prescott, Arizona. Um, currently live in, in Chino Valley with with my wife and, and two awesome little baby boys. Um, they're a year and a half and, and, uh, six months. So, um, kind of, we got our hands full here, but, um, you know, born and raised in the woods, fishing and hunting and stuff with my dad and parents and, and camping every weekend and stuff. And, and actually went to, started going to Alaska in 2006 and, uh, guided moose hunts up there and some bear hunts and some sheep hunts. Um, and I actually started commercial fishing up there in the summers and, and actually still do that right now. So I'm kind of getting ready, finishing up work here around, around town and, and going up to Alaska probably around June 23rd and usually up there for like 25 days or something fishing and, and then come back and we get started on, uh, on deer and, and elk and kind of, kind of all the fall hunting stuff. So, um, you know, I quit what? guiding in alaska in like 2011 i think and uh started doing it down here for a couple of outfits and and just recently um i think this is going to be our fourth year so i think 2015 2016 was our first year kind of doing it ourselves um where pat and i both quit you know a couple operations that we were working with and kind of went out our own on our own and, and tried to do it you know, a little bit differently than, than a lot, a lot of other guys is, you know, not really worried about making money. We're just out trying to kill the best animals that we can and having fun and, and giving clients, you know, kind of a more personalized camp and, and, you know, we have a lot of fun doing it. So, um, gets a little bit better and better each year, but, um, looking forward to this year for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, so with the Alaska fishing, uh, 
where are you going roughly and what are you fishing for and how long do you do it for? Um, so we go, we fish uh, Bristol Bay, which is southwest Alaska, um, on a on a commercial um, gill netter. Um, we run, you know, a gill net that's about 1,200 feet long, um, 200, it's 200 fathoms. Um, and, you know, the boat gets put in the water, you know, usually right around June 10th or so. Um, and the captain, who's a real good friend of mine, he's up there and, and a couple of guys on the crew are up there, and, and they're just kind of going through the motions, getting, making sure everything's working good, motors are running good, all the hydraulics are working good. Um, do that for, you know, they'll do that for like 10 days, you know, to two weeks before I get there. Um, I've kind of got a little seniority on the boat nowadays, and I think, you know, this is going to be my 14th year doing it, I think. So, um, you know, I kind of show up when the fish really start running and that's you know sockeye salmon um once they really show up in big numbers is is when i usually roll up there and and uh fish for anywhere between three and four weeks and then when the fishing kind of dies off i you know i head home and and start hunting that's that's pretty awesome i i assume you in, uh encounter all sorts of weather out there on bristol bay yeah it's man it's it's pretty tough. Um, you know, it's pretty tough fishing, rough hours and stuff. But, yeah, some days it's, you know, really nice. It'll be, you know, 70 degrees maybe um, and flat calm. And, you know, but most days it's pretty windy, you know, pretty chilly, maybe 50 degrees or so, 40 to 50 um, would be kind of an average day with, with some wind and, you know, and, and spitting rain or something. But, um never really rains, you know, super hard like what we get down here. It doesn't get those, you know, those big soaking monsoon storms, but, you know, more of that, you know, Pacific Northwest really? just drizzle all day long or something. But, um, you know, Alaska, anybody that's been up there, they know that the weather can change from bad to good in, in an hour and from really good to bad in an hour, too. So you just never know what you're going to get and what the day will bring. You know, one of my favorite shows, I mean, I've, I've literally watched every single episode of The Deadliest Catch, obviously, the, oh, yeah. the crab fishermen. So I'm sure you see those shows and can relate uh, to some of those uh, struggles that they go through on and off the boat there and that whole lifestyle and what have you. Yep. It's, just a, it's just a crazy thing. It, you know, it it's, has similarities to, you know, guide life uh, for big game guides uh, as well, whether you're you know, you're you're guiding in Arizona, you're guiding in Mexico, and you know, constantly on the run. So we have we have we share a lot of similarities. Um, all those I I watch some of those crab fishing you know sagas and just think, golly, I don't know that I could, I don't know that I'm that tough. I think that all the time. Um, as, as you get older, being your 14th season, <laughs> you know, do you get where you're like, holy smokes, I'm not as young as I used to be. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, I'm 30. I just turned 34. Um, so, yeah, for sure. You know, not just up there, but, man, even even in town here working and, you know, you wake up with an achy back or, or whatever. But, you know, like I think I never really thought of it that way, like you just said, the, the similarities. But, like, you know, it's, it's a grind. You know, just like, yeah. you know, hunting the strip for big deer or, or elk or wherever, you know, Mexico and, um, 
you know, with fishing up there is just, you know, you got to be kind of mentally tough for those, you know, for that fishing for sure, um, you know, and just got to kind of get in the zone and grind it out. And same thing with hunting deer down here. Um, you know, more times than not, it's it's a grind. And if you can keep a good attitude doing it, you know, those are the guys that are going to be real successful, in my opinion. Um, guys that get down after not seeing a deer or, or having a couple days, you know, tough fishing, those are the guys that are going to quit early, you know. Um, it's kind of what sure. I try and tell all the clients is, man, just be prepared mentally because it's, you know, some years it's going to be awesome. Maybe this will be one of them, um, you know, where everything lines up and the rut lines up and everybody's, healthy you know all the does and and cows are healthy and they're going to run rut real hard or something but man you can't ever can't ever you know rely on that so you know the guys that are mentally tough and mentally prepared for a grind will be the guys that are going to be successful good stuff good advice um we're going to talk about deer i want to ask you some stuff about elk uh first and foremost here uh, obviously, with all the moisture, I mean, we're, we're betting that elk antler growth is going to be good. Um, what What's going to – did you draw any tags yourself personally and or uh, where where are you going to be uh, hunting during the rut this year? Where are you spread out? Um, um, Pat, you guys you know, spread out or where are you going to be? Um, you know, we personally, me and the family, we didn't draw any tags. Um, Pat's. Pat's brother drew a tag up in nine. Um, we've got a couple clients up in nine, so we're going to spend spend our rut in the archery hunt up there, um, and then uh, and then most of the, the late hunts we got uh, a couple up in seven, and and then uh, quite a few in unit eight. So that's kind of right in our backyard, which we like, and it's easy to scout, you know, and we can we can spend a lot of time there scouting so we'll be in in eight and seven on the late stuff and we have some eight hunters on the early archery and then uh nine hunters as well so looking forward to it it should be you know shoot it should be a great year for sure let's talk about deer we've got the uh june 11th deadline coming up uh for deer here in arizona and everyone's trying to figure out the best place you know to to use their points and uh to put in and apply um Talk a little bit about your guide service and the units that you guys like to hunt. Um, you know, we hunt. We do a lot of the general hunts just right around town here. Um, you know, 810, um, 17A and B, um, 18B stuff. We'll do 19A. You know, for for guys that don't have a bunch of points and, and want to, you know, just come and hunt deer, um, you know, those tags are relatively easy to draw and, and guys can be pretty successful um you know with you know like again they come in with realistic expectations you know um killing a nice you know mature buck whether it's you know 150 or 170 inch type buck or something there's always a possibility of something bigger um you know so we'll do those general hunts um and then but what we really really focus on is is you know the strip um so um um, do the strip a bunch, 13B. We'll do some stuff in 13A this year, which should be really, really good. Um, we're starting to acquire quite a few really awesome guides, um, and we've always kind of been, you know, 
we're we're not going to hire or we're not going to we're not going to hire just anybody but we're also not going to take clients um when we don't have guides for them you know um we're not going to book a client and go you know scrounge around and, and look for just some guy just to take the dude so um we're starting to get quite a few really awesome guides up north um southern utah and stuff so we'll do we'll do a couple kayak hunts 12a and 12b um we'll do 13a this year and, and then you know hopefully quite a few guys in 13b so that's kind of kind of my hunt is 13b where i i enjoy you know spending the most time so Talk about your early days up there in 13B and figuring it all out and some of the hunts that you uh, were able to enjoy and take part in up there, uh, kind of starting out there in 13B. Man, you know, I've, I've been pretty blessed, um, you know, going up there and learning it from some of the best guys up there, um, you know, which I'm very fortunate for. Um, learning it and I, I you know the strip is a place that you're never going to learn the whole thing you know um there's so many different places you know nooks and crannies and and different types of country um and you're just never going to learn the whole thing you know last year we spent you know last year was man probably one of my favorite seasons just because we had some really really awesome clients in camp um you know and and being a drought year last year, um, a real good friend of ours, uh, Mark Van Wormer, drew the archery tag, and I spent a bunch of time scouting up there, and, and you know, really, to be honest, didn't have a whole lot going on. We had some nice bucks um, prior to the hunt, um, but we didn't find, you know, we killed, we killed three bucks last year, and we found the ball within just a couple of days of each other on that archery hunt. Um all in kind of the same area and uh ended up getting one of them killed with mark um spot and stock you know we there was a bunch of rain up there last year during the hunt so sitting water um was probably not going to happen and man i i have actually never guided a buck up there sitting water anyway so um, all the big deer that, that I've killed on the archery on have been spot and stock, but Mark ended up killing his buck at like 18 yards, I want to say, or 17 yards or something. Um, man just throttled him, ran downhill and died. And that was like a 215, four by five. Um, just a super pretty deer, giant front end. Um, a little weak on the twos, but had a big inline on its left side and, was a buck that we were hunting for you know shoot we were on the hunting for 10 days along with the other two um and then the other two good friend of ours and one of our guides got killed uh colton green killed him opening morning on the uh on the rifle hunt and then you know guys you, you know we always talk about how how hard it is to draw the strip and as a non-resident especially but um Nick, a guy named Nick Suft, he he drew the 13B tag last year with one point as a non-resident, um, called us up and ended up killing a buck that we were hunting on the archery hunt, and we called uh, called Dingy Whopper, uh, just a big kind of crazy non-typical cactus buck that um, we ended up killing him opening evening after we killed Colton's buck, we went and killed that buck. And he ended up being the highest scoring draw tag buck in Arizona last year. So, 
guy with non-resident with one point, you know, killed, you know, arguably the, the biggest buck that I know about for sure. So, you know, to all the non-residents out there listening, because it can be done, you know. <laughs> so he, he obviously drew in the random pool. Um, yep. And that's a perfect example of, you know, changing a few years ago, changing the, you know, the, the quota uh, for 5% of the tags go in the random pool and 5% go in the max pool. Um, right. I mean, there's a perfect case right there. And he shoot, you know, that buck was, how big was that buck? He was like 243. Jeez, 243. Yeah. Unreal. Yeah. I mean, and on a drought year too, um, that buck, you know, was he one of those bucks that, you know, it's always easy to armchair quarterback, but I mean, if that buck would have made it through, would if he had been 30 or 40 inches bigger this year, or do you think he was, you know, one of those gear that was pretty much maxed out with everything that he had? What are your thoughts you know, on that? I don't know. The buck, I mean, I was familiar with the deer from the previous couple of years. Um, excuse me. He was a, you know, he was a big deer, you know, the previous couple of years. He was never that big. Um, definitely wasn't ever in the 240s. Um, and so I, I'm not sure, you know, a deer like that, that, that turns into a stag, um, you know, not real sure what what the heck he was going to do, you know. Um, you know, the buck that Colton killed, which was, you know, just a big deep fork. I think he was a 5 by 6 had a couple splits. Um, you know, that buck could have been something really, really special this year. I mean, he was a big deer last year. He was 202 or something. Um, but, yeah, there's, you know, I think a couple guys that you've had on, you know, Clay and, and Jason and stuff, I mean, there's going to be a lot of deer this year that are just totally unrecognizable. Um, you just, you know, who knows what the heck's going to turn up. Um, and I think it's going to be kind of a fun year, too, where, um, there's not going to be a lot of deer hitting cameras. I really, you know, these rains that they got today up there, um, you know, man, I, I just don't see a whole bunch of deer hitting cameras, you know. Um, normally those bucks start hitting real hard in, you know, May and June, and you can kind of start seeing what the heck they're going to do and, and everything. But I think there's, you know, the feed and, and the moisture up there, there's probably dang near enough to keep them off waters until the monsoons hit. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see what actually shows up on camera. Because I, I personally I don't think there's gonna be a whole lot. So it'll be it'll be fun. I think it'll bring a little bit of the, the mystery back to the strip and, and guys that really get out there and scout and, and hunt like kinda like we do, um, I think are gonna be real successful compared to guys that just run cameras all the time, you know. So talk about, you talk about strategy of running cameras. You talk about guys that get out and scout and glass around, um, you know, in the summer on a year like this when you feel like, you know, they're probably not going to hit water really hard just because there's water everywhere. Um, how would a guy like yourself, how do you go about just hitting knobs and points and trying to figure everything out? Um, talk a little bit about, you know, your strategy and tactic that you're going to use preseason. You know, we'll get up there and, and, man, and just, you know, really just start hunting and scouting. Um, rely, you know, we, we have some cameras up there. We take a bunch up there with us, um, and we'll put them on put them on waters with big tracks on them. Um, we, you know, rely a lot on, on deer tracks. Um, 
which, you know, in my opinion and what I was taught by some of those guys up there is, you know, at the end of the day, tracks don't lie. Um, you know, you get a big old, big old deep deer track that, you know, it's going to be a mature buck. Um, you know, you can't tell what he's got on his head, but, you know, you start, start hunting tracks, um, and find that deer and, you know, you start finding mature bucks on a year like this and man, they're going to be big, you know? Um, so yeah, we'll get up there. Um, lots of glassing all day, um, cutting tracks, middle of the day, spotlighting at night, um, and just getting out there, we'll find, you know, we'll have a handful of bucks that, that we'll want to kill. Um, and we'll start getting some cameras out on the, in those areas. Um, you know, usually after we've already found what the deer is, just to kind of help us keep track of them a little bit um, and start really just kind of learning the deer. Um, that's how, you know, last year we were so successful is, is we knew what those bucks were doing. Um, knew, knew where they liked to go when they got a little bit of pressure, you know, from hunting them in August. Um, Colton and I went up there and found both those bucks within – like 45 minutes of each other on, on, uh, in October, went up there for like five days or so, four or five days and, and found both those bucks that we wanted to kill. And then, uh, opening morning, we killed one right away. Um, been watching them for a few days and, and got them killed early on Friday morning and, um, switched, switched gears and went to, you know, flopped on the other side of the road, really just about a mile away. Um, and concentrated on an area where dinghy whopper was, was always um, kind of holed up and, and really liked to bed. And one of the guys picked him up in his bed, you know, late afternoon um, and, you know, got him surrounded. And he actually got bumped by another outfit. But we had, you know, we had a bunch of guys up there. And I think that's, you know, one reason why we're so successful up there is that we have a lot of guys, a lot of, a lot of help. Um, so even though that deer got bumped, um, you know, he got bumped to another spot where we weren't going to lose him. We had that place surrounded and, and got Trevor and, and Nick in there and they, Nick made a couple of awesome shots right at, right at dark and, and, uh, and got that buck in the, in the salt. So, um, yeah, we just kind of, you know, we don't rely on cameras. Um, cameras only tell you, you know, they only tell you where the deer's watering, um, doesn't tell you anything more than that and uh you know but you get out there and you start hunting and and following that deer around and trailing him around and and seeing where he goes when he gets bumped and that's when you really start learning about a deer and how you know you're going to be successful with clients um you know anybody can get a, a big trail camera or a trail camera picture of a big deer but you know they don't you don't know nothing about that deer from that one camera picture so um, we rely on, you know, kind of a, the old school, old school hunting and tracking and, and glassing and, you know, last, last two years we've killed two bucks, two bucks over 200 on the, on opening day. So, um, we'll just, you know, keep doing that. I have a couple cameras in our pockets to, to put out if we need to, but, you know, we, we kind of do it old school and, and it's been, you know, for us been really, really successful. You talk about spotlighting. I'm curious, uh, spotlighting in, in the summer in the velvet uh, when you're rolling around at night, um, do you find that there's a certain time that works, you know, you, you find more deer than others? 
And then the next question is, um, when you do shine and find a deer, I mean, are they just feeding and will they just, a lot of them just stand there and, and feed uh, when you shine the light on them or are they very, very spooky? Um, kind of depends on the deer. Um, you know, and then time of night, it, it kind of all depends on the moon phase and what times the moon moon's coming up and, and all that, um, which, you know, you just look at charts and stuff on the internet and it'll tell you kind of the best times. Um, but so I'll, I'll usually really try and concentrate on those times. Usually do most of the night anyway, but, um, really concentrate on those, those couple hours. And then, uh, man, yeah, it just depends on the deer. Some deer are a little spooky. They don't really like the light and kind of get out of there and other bucks will stand there 40 yards off the road feeding, you know, like you're not even there. So, um, just kind of depends on the buck. On a year like this up there on the strip, uh, with, you know, widespread moisture, um, what about the deer being spread out? Um, and how do you think something like that will play into hands of, you know, guys like, uh, you that you say a little more old school don't rely on the cameras as much um, talk about those deer being spread out it, yeah I mean the more water there is and the more abundance of feed and stuff that's around um, definitely going to spread them out um, you know and, and we have like I mentioned earlier we have a great great team of guys and I mean we have we have a big camp Jay we you know I think last year we had almost 20 guys in camp for you know, three tags, and, you know, that just kind of allows us to, you know, especially when deer start getting spread out and stuff, it, you know, allows us to have a ton of eyes and, and be able to spread out as well and, and cover just that much more ground. Um, you know, there's, then that's, at the end of the day, that's how big deer die, is, is with the more eyes you got, you know, the better off you're going to be, um, you know, those deer just you know, some of them just flat cannot get away. You know, they'll they'll go over a ridge and one guy will lose them and goes over a ridge and another guy's got them, you know. Um, but, yep, deer definitely be spread out. Um, they won't need to be as close to water. Um, there's going to be feed everywhere and, and every kind of feed you can imagine. Um, yeah, it's, it's definitely going to be, you know, there's going to be a lot of really good bucks, I think, but... I think it'll be pretty tough hunting still, you know, just because, like you said, the deer are going to get spread out a little bit more. Bob, I want to take a quick second here and thank the sponsors of the podcast, and I want to remind you guys, the listeners, uh, how much I appreciate your support of this podcast and also remind you that the uh, sponsors allow me to put, put and devote as much time as I do to this podcast, so your support of their uh, companies and their products uh, help this podcast and this podcast is free, will always be free, and we rely strictly on uh, the sponsors uh, for the amount of time that I put in the podcast. So I want to thank GoHunt.com, the gear shop, uh, my friend of 20-plus years, Cody Nelson, as the optics manager. Uh, and every day he is constantly taking care of J. Scott Outdoors podcast listeners who call him up. If you have any optical needs at all, binoculars, spotting scopes, tripods, rifle scopes, anything to do with glassing, anything to do with optics, uh, give him a call. He's going to give you a great deal. You can reach him at 702-847-8747. That's extension 2. I want to thank Cody for working so diligently with 
the podcast listeners. It's just about every day I get a text message or a, d- a DM on Instagram how Cody's uh, gone above and beyond and helped someone out there. Uh, I also want to thank Kuyu. Uh, that's K-U-I-U, Kuyu Ultralight Hunting. Uh, Kuyu is the gear that I wear on all of my hunts. You can find out more about Kuyu and go to their website at kuyu.com. That's K-U-I-U.com. Also, Canyon Coolers based right out of Flagstaff, Arizona, uh, not too far from where Bob lives. Uh, CanyonCoolers.com. If you use the JScott19 promo code, you're going to get a 10% discount there at CanyonCoolers.com. I also want to thank PhoneScope. PhoneScope is the digiscoping device that I use on my phone my iPhone 10, uh, all of the uh, digiscoping photos and videos that you see on my Instagram page, those all come from PhoneScope. Uh, you can go to PhoneScope.com, use the JScott19 promo code, and you're going to get a 10% discount. And then OnXMaps.com, if you go to, J- if you go to OnXMaps.com, use the JScott19 promo code, you're actually going to save 20%. Uh, the OnX app that you have on the phone is incredible. Uh, You can search public versus private overlays there so you can see exactly where you stand. Uh, You can use the breadcrumb feature to track uh, either driving down the road or out hiking. You can plot points. Um, You you can use the measuring tool. It's just an amazing app. Go to onxmaps.com. Use the jscott19 promo code and you're going to get a 20% discount there at onx. Bob, uh, we've talked about kind of northern Arizona. We've talked about some of the units around Prescott, and we've talked about the Strip. Um, but uh, you've got some exciting news uh, with uh, some of your guides that work, uh, you know, kind of southern Arizona and some of the central units, a lot of coos deer hunts and what have you. Um, talk a little bit about that branch of your operation. Yeah, so recently we, you know, a good friend of mine, Joe, is uh, – his brother, Ben, lives down in Tucson. He's a fireman. Um, so Ben Brochu, we kind of took him on as a, as a third partner in, in Shadow Valley, and, and he's going to be concentrating on, you know, a bunch of the coos deer stuff down there. He'll, uh, you know, he's a, he's a killer. He's, he's a little bit crazy. Um, he does some things that, to be honest, I never would think of. Um, so he does a bunch of that stuff down south. Um, He's, man, we're, we're super excited. You know, him and a couple of his friends down there, Jake Lindsay and, and Andrew Nelson, are going to do some hunts for us. And anybody that, you know, is in the coos world knows about those guys. Um, they kill, year after year, they kill the biggest deer down there. Um, it's, it's pretty phenomenal. So we're super excited to have those guys doing some hunts for us. Um, I think you're going to try and get, Ben on here, you know, here in the little little while, but can let Ben really kind of dive into what they got going on. But man, those guys, we're we're super excited about it. We're going to be, you know, doing hunts down there, thirty three, thirty seven, thirty six, a um, couple other ones. Um, we're going to start doing a lot of, uh, going to try and target some some deer right here out of Prescott um, in Unit Eight. We've got some big deer on camera that. We're going to start targeting with guys. Um, so there's, you know, some guided hunts available up here and, you know, do-it-yourself stuff that we're also going to offer um, up here for the over-the-counter um, archery hunts out of 
unit eight um, for for trophy, you know, trophy coos deer, and and then the trophy stuff down south with Ben and his his buds. So, yeah, we're we're super excited about what this year is going to bring. That's great. I I know Ben, um, and I've had Jake Lindsay on the podcast a bunch, and. I get a lot of great feedback when Jake's on the podcast. He's just an absolute coos deer nut, and I'm yep. um, glad, glad you guys have been able to pair up down there. And uh, those guys are great guys. I don't know Andrew, um, but I'm sure if he's friends with Jake and Ben, um, it's a good crew. Um, so fantastic. And um, personally, uh, have you gotten much into chasing coos deer? I know you really like mule deer, but, um, you know, what's your – uh, you know, do you, do you hunt coos deer very much, or are you pretty much exclusively mule deer yourself? You know, me personally, I've I've guided some coos deer stuff um, in Arizona and in Mexico, um, but never hunted them myself. Um, I'm actually I'm going to try and hunt them this year. We'll we'll see. I'm I'm a little bit torn. Um, I'm going to try and pick up just, you know, hopefully just a leftover tag. Hopefully I get drawn for a 13B tag. Um, I'd love to do that again. But, um, you know, if that doesn't happen, we'll pick up a, a tag down south. And, and me and uh, my buddy Joe, Ben's brother, we're going to go down there and, and try and kill a coos deer um, if, if time allows and schedule and stuff. So we'll see. I might like, you never know. I'm a, like you said, I'm a kind of a, a mule deer nut. So everybody says I'll get I'll get addicted to those coos deer, but we'll just have to wait and see, I guess. For sure. Um, on on an everyday basis, uh, what line of work are you in other than the outfitting and the commercial uh, fishing? What else do you do? Well, um, do some construction up here in Prescott. Um, a lot of painting, some remodels. Um, just kind of that stuff. I do that between, you know, hunting season and and uh, fishing. So um, it's kind of nice. I got kind of three different seasons that I can look forward to. You know, um, always enjoy doing doing the stuff here out of town and can be with my family and you know every day and stuff. And then, but you know, about this time of year, I'm you know getting getting ready to go fishing and getting excited for something something a little bit different break up the schedule and you know by that third or fourth week of fishing i'm definitely ready for that to be over and, and getting into the hunting stuff and you know by the time i'm done with mexico in january i'm ready to start start uh start construction and doing this stuff up here so um pretty fortunate to you know have a, a supportive wife that allows me to to be gone for extended periods and she's an awesome mom and and takes care of our boys and that's pretty pretty ideal for me that's fantastic you know that uh prescott and chino valley that whole area um i mean if you've grown up there the amount of change that you've seen is is, is probably mind-blowing it is it's it's crazy um you know and even it's it just, it's, it is, it's mind-blowing. I'm out in Chino Valley now, um, and I really, really like Chino. It's, it's a little bit smaller, not as crazy as Prescott is now and Prescott Valley, and man, I don't even barely like going into town, um, into Prescott and Prescott Valley now. The traffic's bad, and man, it's just, it's wild, you know, and Chino's getting, you know, getting pretty popular, and 
it's going to be pretty big, and I see myself in a few years moving again a little bit further out somewhere and and uh, just kind of getting away from the hustle and bustle of, of, of everyday traffic. And, man, it's, it's definitely not what it was when I was 10 years old, you know. <laughs> um, talk about your thoughts on some of the big deer that will come off the strip. I mean, would it surprise you if, if we see some deer in that, you know, 250, 260, 270 class? Um, you know, talk about some specific deer, maybe that, you know, is there a handful that you know of that would not surprise you if we're in, you know, 250 plus category, or I always like talking about just throwing it out there and seeing what guys, you know, what guys say. Absolutely. Um, there's there's going to be some big deer. Um, there's a couple that I know about, you know, one last year that the previous year in 2017, he was, you know, probably 240-ish somewhere in there and, and last year he really probably didn't lose that much um, as far as inches go um, you know I bet he was still mid 20s somewhere in there um, so a buck like that that I think is getting to the prime prime of his life and um, man I don't know I mean I, I don't think I think you know a deal like that could put on 50 or 60 inches pretty easily Um and then the the other couple bucks, kind of the same deal. Um, you know, I've I've personally seen a couple deer, you know, in kind of the same drought conditions back in like 2012 was a real bad drought year. Um, you know, and then 2013, those some of those bucks blow up. Um, so yeah, no, it, it's not going to shock me to see a couple of those auction bucks that get killed in you know early August. Um, and I believe a raffle tag too, but it's not going to surprise me if some of those bucks get killed that are 260, 270. Um, you know, I think this year's going to be the year, you know, for, for those type of bucks, those bucks that are reaching, you know, um, optimal age and, and they're going to have plenty of good feed, um, plenty of water to go around. And yeah, there's going to be some phenomenal bucks killed up there. We're, we're hoping that we can get a couple of them killed, so we'll see. Awesome, buddy. Well, it's always great talking to you. Um, I appreciate you taking time in your busy schedule to uh, to talk with us and bring some value, and I uh, look forward to, uh, you know, seeing you down the road, and uh, have, hope you have a great fishing season in Alaska and come home safe and uh, hit the ground running uh, chasing those big deer, and I'll look forward to talking to you after the fall hunts and getting a recap on how everything went. I want to give you a chance to let the listeners know the best way to reach out to you, best way to follow you guys, and I'll also try and link those up in the show notes. Yeah, I appreciate it. Uh, appreciate you having me on. Um, guys can, you know, get a hold of us. We have uh, emails and I believe phone numbers as well on our website, shadowvalleyoutfitters.com. Um, Instagram is at Saddle Valley Outfitters and Facebook as well. Um, you know, we, we try and answer them in their DMs as quickly as we can and answer any questions there and, and emails and stuff. Um, guys can also call me personally um, or text, whatever you're comfortable with or whatever with, you know, application strategies. Or Man, it, it, it's pretty easy to pull me away from what I'm doing to, to talk about deer hunting. So um, my cell is 928. 925-3437. Um, that's also on the website. So, um, 
yeah, pretty easy, pretty easy to get a hold of us. Really, somebody's always in town, and somebody's always wanting to talk about deer or elk or or anything. So um, we, you know, appreciate all the calls and inquiries from guys, and appreciate the time that you've given us over the last couple of years. So um, yeah, I think like a lot of people, we're excited for, for this year. Awesome, buddy. All right. Well, God bless, and I'll catch you later. Okay, Bob. Yep. Thanks, Jay. Have a good one.